Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. He's probably still playing board games. I just imagine it's probably still the same game of Twilight Imperium. Most likely. Probably. (laughs) But over there running the boards is Joey Dees. Welcome to the podcast. On today's show, we will get comic book recommendations from Scott over at Comics Dungeon. Even though BJ is not here, we will get a pre-recorded board game review because BJ is always prepared to give board game reviews. Yes. (laughs) Maybe some odds and ends and, of course, the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have all our podcasts, blogs, info, and more. more. Just BJ Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and radio.com app for more. Yes. And since it is comic book day, let's get right into the comic book news with our recommendations from Scott over at Comics Dungeon. Scott from Comics Dungeon joins us. You can find out more information, get your own comic book recommendations by going to comicsdungeon.com. What do you got for us, dude? Hey, uh, the first book I've got this week is Invisible Woman number one. And um, this is Fantastic Four Invisible Woman, right? This is exactly this okay. is Fantastic Four, uh, Sue Storm, um, and uh, Mark Wade is writing her. And Mark Wade has done something with uh, Sue that uh, other writers haven't, and it kind of makes sense. Uh, she's an invisible woman. Yeah. Uh, what a great way for a spy. To, to work. Um, oh, crap. Really? I mean, right. why haven't they thought about this yet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, 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 so Nick Fury uh, kind of recruits her into S.H.I.E.L.D. to go do some uh, reconnaissance and some spy work and uh, all sorts of things. I guess uh, apparently he had done it uh, uh, previously in the past, according to this story. And, uh, and he's doing it again. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, you know what? This makes sense. Um, Sue has her moral code. Hey, I'm not going to kill anyone and all that. And some of the other, other spies are like, yeah, you're going to have to break that rule. And she's like, nope, nope, just not going to. Nice. And uh, so I think we're going to see some moral conflict uh, uh, pop up in this story uh, around that. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a well done story. Uh, Sue Storm on her own, strong female protagonist. Uh, Mark Wade's a killer writer and you get, uh, very desired Adam Hughes covers. So uh, a little bit of something for everyone here. I love it. I love it. Now, the next one you have is a trade paperback. I hadn't heard of this one before. This one's awesome. Uh, I my, my staff had been going, you've got to read this. You've got to read this. <laughs> and I go, how... How, how, you know, it's, it kind of takes place in the 80s, kind of has that 80s vibe. And I'm like, ah, I live the 80s. I don't need to read about the 80s. <laughs> uh, but so I read it. Uh, the book's called Murder Falcon, um, which. It's a hell of a name, way man. More, 
Yeah, yeah, it sounds more serious than it actually ends up being. But uh, the, the the main character is is kind of lost in life. His band has disbanded. His oh, wife no. has left left him. He's, he's battling depression and insecurities and all of this, and it's just like okay. Uh, and we actually learn out he's battling cancer. Damn. Uh, and it's like, oh, well, this slut. Yeah, right. <laughs> Gee, I'm glad I got this recommendation. It's so cheery. Uh, but um, <laughs> about about page three, uh, he um, see he he is taking his broken guitar and he just is throwing it into the trash. And then you know the big force lightning bolts and all that and come down and it it, it repairs itself. And lo and behold, nice. Murder Falcon shows up. Who is this, you know, six foot eight falcon with a robotic arm, and uh, he is powered by the power of heavy metal. <laughs> All right, sold. <laughs> this sounds like a cross between like a Tenacious D comic book and Shazam. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. So, so he, he goes, all right, dude, start shredding. And, uh, you know, so he uh, just lights up the guitar and Murder Falcon goes and attacks this demon and wins the fight and everything's great. And uh, and then Murder Falcon, who uh, comes from uh, the dimension called the Heavy. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, "We've been watching you. You're the guy we need uh, to help save this dimension from all of these demons. And you're going to have to get your band back together." Nice. I, I like this so, a lot. Yeah. No, it's great. He, so he goes and gets uh, uh, the bassist, and who uh, his avatar i guess you would call it is this just massive mammoth and uh <laughs> you know just a super tank and then the, the 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 they they find the drummer who has this big sea serpent and her drums fly around on rockets wow and and, and it is just over the top crazy silly fun but talks about depression and relationships and dealing with death and all that all the way through it and it's just in a row and it's you know, I don't, I don't want to say it's appropriate for all ages, but it's not gross. It's not sweary. It's not sexy. It's it's something that I think middle schoolers, high schoolers, adults would just love. And I think at this point, also kind of depending on the maturity level of your child, I would say maybe read it first as a parent to see whether or not. But this is kind of one of those things that uh, makes sense in terms of this might open the gateway to be able to be able to talk about something like that. Absolutely, absolutely, and it, it's just well done. the The author actually has a re- very sweet note in it about his experience uh, battling these same thoughts and, and practices. So it's almost it's not autobiographical, but you can definitely see his soul in the story. Wow, that's pretty awesome! And that one was called Murder Falcon. That's the trade paperback, right? Absolutely. Awesome, man. Thank you so much again, Scott, over at Comics Dungeon. You can uh, find them out at ComicsDungeon.com. Hit them up on Facebook if you need your own comic book recommendations. Thank you so much, Scott. Thanks, Rob. Thank you so much, Scott. And, I mean, like I've said on there, you can find all of the information at ComicsDungeon.com. You can get his social media, the Facebook. If you have uh, maybe a genre that you're interested in and you want to get some of the deeper cuts or maybe you've got a fa- uh, a favorite comic book character that you want to know more about, that you want to read about, shoot them a message. They'll be able to help you out. Or go to the physical store, pick up some comic books. they got very smart people there that can give you those recommendations. Moving on from that, let's get a board game review from our own 
BJ Shea. BJ Shea. Hey. How you doing, man? I get to play games soon, so oh. of course I'm doing very well. Okay. Yeah. Then. It's, a, it's a board game day. Oh, that's always fun for you. I know you love your board games, and yeah. I know you love getting new board games. You got a new review for us? Yeah, and this one I picked up at PAX because I got to meet the designer. And, oh, um, wow, yeah, PAX Unplugged. Yeah, and a lot of folks uh, know her. Her name is Carla Kopp, and as a matter of fact, uh, I know that our buddy Sean from the Board Game Alliance uh, has been doing a podcast with her, and I think there's a super secret project he's working with uh, her. Oh. But she is really a really a delightful game designer, and uh, got to chat with her about a lot of games that she's done. A current one is Fire in the Library, which is a which is a fun <laughs> new game where you're trying to protect the books from being burned. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, and But one game that she made, which of course is going to speak to me, is a Space 4X game. Oh, yeah. Um, there you go. And, you know, we like to play our 4X games, but sometimes they just take so long to set up. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, Star Trek Ascendancy, Twilight Imperium, Eclipse, these games do take a bit to set up, and you don't have the, the 6 to 12 hours needed to play them. <laughs> so Gosh. we like to scratch that 4X itch, but do it in a much quicker fashion. And Stellar Leap uh, is a game that she created last year that, yeah, gets that done. Um, and I'm, I'm, and I, I, I have a confession to make. Uh? I have yet to play it. I have oh. seen her demo it. We've been wanting this to hit the table. There's another game called Solarius Space Mission, which is a 3X game, which has yet to hit our table. This is bad. We've been trying to do this, but there's been <laughs> so much it. conning going on and yeah. everything else going on. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, Jesus, we, we had Orca Con, of course, was at the beginning of this year. Uh, and there's going to be Slappy Con, this con. Where, <laughs> Every where, single con. Yeah, this is this is the height of the con season. Yes, we are. And we're going to go to Dice Tower West, which we're excited about because, uh, you know, Tom Vassell and the gang are actually traveling west. They always have one east uh, every July. They're doing Dice Tower West. And so we're doing that this year. Wow. I believe that's in March. Uh, and, uh, of course, there's Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So we're going all over the place. Uh, and OrcaCon was also in the Pacific Northwest. So I, I, I hope that uh, I get this to the table soon. I really, really do. Now, um, why, now why does Stellar Leap excite you? Because, I mean, you play a lot of 4X games. Yes, I do. And uh, what excites me about this is that, for the most part, it's all cards. It reminds, oh. me, a little, it reminds me a little bit of Valeria, Card Kingdom, Machikoro, Space Space, because what she does is she uses dice rolls in order for you to collect your resources. And so this goes all the way back to basically Catan, mm-hmm. where if you mm-hmm. roll the right combination of dice, you're going to get what you want. Yeah. Uh, she's been able to really put this into a clever 4X game where you do go out and explore and uh, you do go out and expand and you exploit and yes you can even exterminate in a family friendly way all right you exterminate by chasing people away <laughs> okay uh, yeah i mean that's uh, awesome yeah they run away i mean there is a Hooray! version of the game where i suppose you know if you really want to you could kill them um <laughs> but it's a really clever game that has four different resources that you can spend and uh, that helps you get around and also the so you basically have columns and rows and depending upon which row you're in that's which galaxy you're in so you're in Galaxy One, Galaxy oh, Two, Galaxy that's Three. Neat. Yeah, and you, and so the and so and you're placing cards in these columns and rows, and these cards are planets. And depending on whether they be planets or asteroids, depending on how dangerous they are, that means that if they're dangerous, then it takes a little further and more gas or space fuel to get mm-hmm. to them. Totally. There's space money. There's also <laughs> food. Bucks. You know. There's and 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 you uh you can actually for every fight you get into you get victory points. So the fights are just basically you know I go there with more people than you have and I chase you away. Mm-hmm. But it does cost me to do that and uh, there are lots of different actions you get to do some really cool things in the game uh, very asymmetrical because there are dice rolls and you have everybody has a public dice roll manipulator so if you know like 
if you roll a three and a four, or actually I should say a two and a four, then uh, every planet in column two, every planet in column four, and every planet in column six will get to do stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's not like I'm going to roll these dice and then, oh, I don't get anything. Boo-hoo. It's I get these in these areas. Which, of course, then incentivizes you that when you explore, you're going to want to play. You're going to want to place your planets in yeah. these columns that totally. you have set up. Um, so it, it has a very Machicoro kind of feel to it or a Valeria Card Kingdom feel to it in that respect. But then you go out and, you know, you've got all these actions you can take and you have population that you have to get on the board. And there are many different ways to get victory points because we all have our own personal missions as well as the things that we can do just in general to get victory points. So it is like a good 4X game. And you could be the, the fighter or you could just be the expander and get victory points that way. Uh, and there's a cool way to go out and mine asteroids. And though there's different ways to go about it. And I, I do like it for that reason. And it's very quick to set up. That's, I think, the best part about that sort of stuff. You're talking about how long it takes you to do, like, uh, uh, Twilight Imperium or any of those games. There's a lengthy setup, and sometimes you just, you don't have that much time, and you want to spend that time playing the game. Exactly. And my buddy Aaron, you know, uh, whenever he, he, he just recently at OrcaCon, he said, you know what? I really want to play some great games that never hit the table. How about Twilight Imperium? So I'm thinking, dude, if you can get that done at a con, <laughs> it's just everybody is so social. Everybody's so hanging out that, oh, you, know, yeah. you know, I mean, a game that lasts more than three hours is is tough to do at a con because everybody wants to hang with each other and play with each other and you know especially if it's four or five player games which I love this game because it is a five player game oh that's a good one too yeah, which is nice because four is always the, you know that's always it's the uh, standard and then suddenly your friend yeah. shows up and like I like to play too and I'm like uh, maybe next game in six to 12 hours. So to have a good 4XE <laughs> five-player game is really, really nice. I mean, and a one that's relatively quick and easy to play. It's from Weird Giraffe Games. Carla Cobb, of course, uh, she runs that joint <laughs> and does a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and, and and it takes, she's saying, from 40 to 80 minutes. So imagine, you know, depending on how quickly people learn stuff. Well, that's pretty good for a 4X game, man. Definitely. Uh, I'm really looking forward to playing it. I bought it because I talked to her and she's, you know, she's awesome, too. Sold. <laughs> you know what? I mean, that's the other thing. When you, meet, when you meet a cool game designer like Carla, you go, can I just buy her Everything you have because I just want you to stay in business because you're so cool, cool person. 4x and then space. Oh, yes. Look at that! It, it hit every single thing that BJ loves. That's true. <laughs> so again, it's called Stellar Leap Weird Giraffe Games, and I'm looking for a price. And uh, you know, boy, I'm having a hard time with prices. It seems, uh, but it looks good. Uh, I know you can, <laughs> and I know you can. I know you can buy it at, at different places. So I guess everyone's got different prices, but I'm not seeing over here at least where the link I have. But it again. And it's, I think it's relatively inexpensive because there's not a lot there. The components are good, but not a lot that you got to worry about it. It's a relatively small, compact game to bring with you compared to that other 4X games, too. that's yeah. for sure. Gosh. It's not a big box game, but it gives you that big box feel. Thank you so much, BJ. And uh, you can find BJ, well, uh, here, usually. If you are, again, even like what I was talking about with Scott, if you've got something along the lines of, I want a... 4X type game that he was talking about here that maybe runs a shorter amount of time or you want a, a fantasy game that you're super interested in or anything like that or those genres that you want to learn about. Uh, send us an email bjgeeknation gmail.com or listen to the Board Game Alliance I was going to say yeah uh, Josh, Sean and BJ they all have oh my god an, a knowledge of board <laughs> games that is unsurpassed by any other person I know and the, one of the fun things too is like you may not even know about board games that are out there but because these guys got their fingers on the pulse especially of like Kickstarter and the new stuff they are more than happy to talk your ear off about board games whether you want them or not and if you think there's a, there's a genre out there that they don't have a board game for <laughs> I tell you, you're wrong. <laughs> they have a Bob Ross board game. 
I'm just going to say that right now. Shay. <laughs> I got some Shay. Yeah. That, they have a board game for everything. Yep. <laughs> Moving on from that, I was interested in this because I, Vicky, did you see Detective Pikachu? Oh yet. Wow. I kind of figured that you would have. I want to, but just like trying to find time and find somebody to go with because I don't want to go by myself to see that one. And my brother's being a pill, so he doesn't want to go. Oh, uh, what happens when you're a pill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's why is he? Well, yeah, I've heard that. It's just it's, being it's just a, pain a term, in the butt. pain in the butt. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's my cousin uses it to her to say to her daughter, it's like, stop being a pill instead of saying, stop being an a hole. I say that to my cat. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Not I'm like Carl. Yeah, I'm like, damn it, Carl's being a pill. Um, <laughs> so you but, haven't. So you didn't. You haven't gone and seen no. it. No. Well. Here's an interesting thing. Maybe this will get you to want to go see it. Detective Pikachu is now the number one highest grossing video game movie of all time. I believe it. Remember, everyone, Pikachu and Pokemon, originally a video game. So this is how it falls into this. Now, we have the top ten, and this is a pretty brutal list. Okay, what do you I mean wa- brutal? Like brutal in terms of, wow, yeah, I guess this is technically a video game movie, but oh, wait, wait, wait. woof. Because here's the deal. Video game movies generally don't translate well. No. There haven't been a lot of great video game movies I think I know. out there. I think I know. I okay. Think I, know. I think the reason why you're saying that is because some of these are going to be app games. One of them. Angry Birds. Yes. Yep. Angry Birds is the number three most popular video game uh, movie. Boo. Okay. So yeah. have you seen it? No. Then why are you booing it? Because I don't want Angry Birds to beat Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and okay, Mortal Kombat different. is in this. <gasps> Number seven. I'll take it. So, yeah. So, Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu has made over $143 million. See, Angry Birds is actually, I've watched, I was the same boat. I was like, I don't really want to watch. This is so stupid. And then I, my nieces were obsessed with it for like a week or two. <laughs> and it happened to be the week I was hanging out. Oh, uh, okay. And I saw it many a times. And it is actually really fun. Jason Sudeikis yeah. uh, does the voice of the main character, the angriest, the red bird. Uh, and it's just got an all-star voice cast. And, and it's just they're fun. making a sequel because oh, of how yeah. popular it is. Yeah, it was, uh, what's his face? Oh, Bill Hader is in it as the really? pig, like the pig king. Oh. It's just hmm. so many great voice actors that it was a lot of fun. So Angry Birds movie made $107 million. Uh, Mortal Kombat only made $70 million. This was back only. in the day, right? Yeah, That's yeah, pretty yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, sound, heard- the soundtrack still holds up, by the way. I'm not, I'm not Fight. even kidding it's about it. It's such a good song. Yeah. Do, 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 do. So anyway, uh, number two on this was Lara Croft Tomb Raider, which I believe is the Angelina Jolie version. The best version. Mm, uh, I agree. That made $131 million. Uh, Rampage, which was the 2018 rock movie, which I didn't bother to go see, made still made over $101 million. Yeah, I don't know. What happened to Pixel? Where's Pixel at? Pixel? <laughs> You shut up. <laughs> uh, that didn't make anywhere on this list. Right, side note, did you hear that the new there's a new Mortal Kombat movie coming out? And they did rate yes, it R as of now. Yes. Uh, yes. Very and, excited and, for uh, it. And we got Greg uh, Russo as one of the screenwriters. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited for that. They did the, uh, the kind of the gritty reboot web series a while back, which I thought was really good. Um, oh, I know that series. That was good. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like there, it's nothing to do with that one, but it looks like they're kind of going along those same lines with a new Mortal Kombat movie. I know he's uh, not, well, I don't know the actor, but he, uh, I don't think he's American, but I think I know who I want to play. Uh, what's his name? Johnny Cage? Johnny Cage, yeah. Uh, the guy who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Stranger Things. 
Oh, that Russian? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he has an American accent under there, but. He's got that that, that chiseled jaw. Yeah, he looks like an action figure. He very much looks like (laughs) somebody was explaining to a sketch artist slash sculptor what Arnold Schwarzenegger looks like, and that's what they came out with. Oh, absolutely. He looks really close. And like with Stranger Things, I mean, they they they, they crib from a lot of uh, pop culture 80s things, so he was absolutely the Terminator when it came down to that. Uh, number five is a movie that I wouldn't bother going to see, but it made $90 million. Ooh, Holy ooh, crap. Ooh, ooh. Is it a really bad one? It's a really bad Mario. one. Mario... No, oh. no, we don't talk about it's a Mario. great movie. No, this <laughs> one has Kumbas or this, Kumbas. This one has uh, the now Mysterio Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Prince of Persia, baby. Yes, yeah, that and, was a video game. Yes, and mostly a uh, kind of a whitewashed role. There. I love that movie. Did you really? No, Prince of Persia's <laughs> The Sands of Time made ninety million dollars. I didn't bother to go see it, and people pooped either. all over it. So, how can a man with a dagger that can turn back time somehow not win a war? You figure. Figure it out, people. Maybe he was in a bubble or was hanging out with a bunny. I know. My favorite thing from all of that with Jake Gyllenhaal is because he became Bubble Boy to Bubble Man. Ah, Bubble Man. <laughs> yes, with Mysterio in his bubble hat. Uh, number six, Helmet, sir. <laughs> number six was another Pokemon, the Pokemon the first movie. Oh, my God. I remember the line outside the theater for that, and then they gave you the holographic fancy mm-hmm. Mew card. Of course they did, because that's why everyone wanted to go. Right. right. And I remember, I'm like, Dad, I think it's only one per purchase, so you're going to have to give me money, because I went with my dad and my brother, and I'm like, I'm, you're going to have to give me money so I can pay for my ticket so I get a card too. <laughs> did and you, so did everyone get a card? All three of us got a card. Nice. So <laughs> it, just, it was literally per ticket. And I didn't know that. I was 10 years old. I was like, right? I need to make sure I get a card, Dad. Uh, that was number six. Pokemon, the first movie, made $85 million. Uh, I mentioned Mortal Kombat making the 70. The next one also is one that's already on this list. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. Which mm. is the second Angelina Jolie. Which is Jolie. the second. Yeah, exactly. Which made $65 million. I mean, again, Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. She carried those movies. And, and Daniel Craig was in at least the first one. Yeah, he was evil. Oh. But then he turned good. It was her, hook, hook, her hookup. See, my big thing on this one was that those two movies had Rimmer from Red Dwarf in them. Uh, I can't really? remember his name right now. I'm having a brain fart, but yeah, so he was the butler. He was her butler. Oh, the that butler. Yeah. Oh my God, he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking the other guy, not Rimmer, but uh, the other dude. Oh, Cat or Lister. Or Lister. Crichton. I was thinking it was Lister. <laughs> uh, and then f- the next one on this list is Resident Evil Afterlife, which made $60 million. I don't know which one that one was. I don't think I'd actually seen that one. It was probably, well, I mean, it's like one of the last ones, I think, on this one. I enjoyed the Resident Evil movies until they decided to try to do one of them in a desert. And I'm like, I, where are the zombies going to come from? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, and this is it. This is the one, the safe haven of Los Angeles. The city is overrun by zombies. It's the whole desert thing. Made in 2010. Made a lot of money. Well, here's the deal. Uh, it says it made $60 million. Guess what its budget was? Mm. 10 bucks. $60 million. $20 million. Oh, so this doesn't make sense. Oh, no. Okay. So, no. Actually, it made over $300 million. Oh, okay. So there, there we go. There's a big difference. So, that's why. Uh, I was going to say, because I'm pretty sure they have a huge cult following. Yeah. And that's the one thing. It's like, it has a massive cult mm-hmm. following. I love the first couple of them. It just, it, it fell off for me. But it was one of those ones that at least they're trying to keep true to the ridiculousness of Resident Evil and still go along with it. That was Mila Djokovic, right? Yes. Yeah. And she could crush any... 
kind of creepy sci-fi thriller kind of thing because she did mm-hmm. all of the great she ones. She was in uh, the recent Hellboy too with David Harbour. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was smoking in that. And oh, she was actually, yeah. it was kind of, she was kind of funny. Like, not intentionally, but it was funny. And then rounding out this list would be Tomb Raider, which was the most recent one. Because they didn't have any other one to put on the list? I think so. Correct. I, it's just how much money it made, so yeah. here's the, that's the thing with it. Are you telling me Mortal Kombat 2 didn't make this list? It did not. Annihilation? And, and Warcraft, which I felt Whoa. was an all right, it was all right in terms of like, it was a pretty generic story, but it was fun to see like the characters that I've known for a long time. It hasn't really made that much money in the US, but it's second to Detective Pikachu worldwide. Globally, Detective Pikachu had made 436 million bucks. Warcraft is, came in second with more than 433 million. That's really a lot of it is from the Chinese market. The IP it man. blew up massively over oh, there. Ip Man? Ip Man? Oh, I said IP. Just having a good intellectual oh, property. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, you, said, yeah. you said IP, man, but no, no, there's no. a comma in there. So I'm like, oh, Ip Man. I know no, Ip no, Man. No, no, no. Intellectual there's properties. Man? There, there's so many Ip Mans. Know, yeah, yeah, those know, are the, 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 the Tony Jaw. Right? No. The Tony Jaw uh, martial arts movies. Yeah, there's oh, some ridiculous. Okay. If you love martial arts movies, like Ip Man is where you want. I thought you meant there's an actual superhero named Ip Man, and I'm like, I don't even know anymore. No, it's an actual fighting. I was like, the IP, and like Joe's like following me, you're like, Ip Man? I'm like, I don't even yeah, that's good too. <laughs> oh man, that World of Warcraft movie could have been so good if they just it, had kept doing the cool wizard stuff. Yeah, but they I stopped dude, like halfway the through. The CGI was so amazing. It was that. awesome. They did have a really. I'm looking at the cast. Like you got the the main guy from Vikings. Uh, you got Ben Foster. You got Dominic Cooper, who we also know as Preacher. Super and then uh, uh, Tulip is also in this. Ruth Niega. And that's um, the, the the problem Daniel with it Wu. is that it didn't get any foothold whatsoever in the U S. So mm-hmm. they're talking about even though it's globally super popular. They said there, there's there's not a zero chance that they'll make any sequels to it, but it's about as close to zero as you can get in terms of the Hollywood machine. Yeah, so it's not really going to happen. But, I mean, I wish that they could make better video game movies, but a lot of the times the video games are just good movies or series in themselves. Yeah. I'm waiting for Bioshock, man. That's mm, the one I want to see. That would be interesting. Maybe a TV series. A dark theme punk or steampunk yeah you could say Netflix series would be great too mm-hmm. but oh an underwater too yeah oh, it'd be yeah. cool I would I would love to see a fun good fallout I mean if you went by anything in terms of Bethesda there'd be bugs in the movie and it would probably just randomly crash in the middle <laughs> of, the, know, of the film but reload beyond that uh, there's not a lot of video game movies I'd love to hear what people would love to see in the theaters for their video game properties it's, send us an email bjgeeknation at gmail.com is it funny that I'm surprised that they haven't tried to make like an animated like they did this Detective Pikachu, not quite like the same CGI real life thing, mm-hmm. but another Mario. And I really hope they don't because I feel like yeah. when it comes to those kinds of, and I mean, I don't know how Sonic's going to look when it does come out. <laughs> they had to redo Sonic all over. So right. I mean, oh, poor Sonic. <laughs> so I don't know what it's going to look like if that's going to even be a good movie. Who the hell knows? But I, I don't want them to touch any of like the anything like Smash Bros maybe Link would be cool I think they're making a TV series they could do Zelda I could see that but I love Wreck-It Ralph and I love the like little easter eggs and how they pop in every now and then I like that but it's it's own story yeah Yeah. we don't need to like we already know the stories Mm -hmm, exactly I think that's a good call on that Uh, but uh, give us your feedback I'd love to hear about it Uh, but now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B Vicky what do you got for us Uh, actually got some comic news I'm really excited because I just bought the rest of the trades I was missing on this series Paper Girls. And I've yeah, you've talked, talked about, about this a couple of times, actually. So if you guys don't remember what Paper Girls is, it's a series that follows four young girls who they actually, they're part of a little group and they deliver papers in the morning and 
this happens to be the day after Halloween in 1988, and they unwittingly get caught in a conflict between warring factions of time travelers, sending them on an adventure <laughs> through time that will save the world. And as they travel between our present, the past, and the future, they encounter future versions of themselves and now have must choose to embrace or reject their fate. Joe's they, face just went, yeah. <laughs> an emotional adventure in which the girls and the women they eventually become are tough, their friendships are authentic, and their journey through time is epic. It seems almost like a mix between Stranger Things, which yes. you've mentioned, oh, and yeah. then uh, maybe even even Umbrella uh, Academy. A little okay. bit. It's, a little bit on those sort of ways. It's, like, yeah, it's really cool looking art. Yeah. Um, it's just a bunch of badass girls. They're all very different. And mm-hmm. it is like, you know which is going to happen to you in the future. And you're like. That's weird. Uh, yeah. And some of their futures aren't that great. Yeah, that makes they sense. They find out. Uh, but apparently, Amazon has ordered a full series adaptation of this comic. Wow. Shocking. Yeah, right? I feel like right now it's all about the 80s vibe. Like, yes. I know they're doing American Horror Story in the 80s. Stranger mm-hmm. Things is a really big thing. Yep. Uh, it, I feel like they're just going to ride that bandwagon of all even, 80s nostalgia in early 90s. Even though Deadly Class has been canceled by sci-fi, it was based in the 80s yep. as well. A little bit later in the 80s than, uh, like, a Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. More along the lines of Paper Girls, kind of yep. like the, the 87, 88 sort of line. Well, you know what's funny? I was thinking about it. A lot of shows have a lot easier time building a storyline when you don't have to explain everything. Like, how do they not just have a cell phone? Or how do they just go on that's the internet? That's a really good too. point. And that's one of the problems you see with horror movies. Like, stuff like uh, Dead Snow made sense because they were going on a, a on a, a deep country uh, ski like ski trip sort of thing. So when you go to a secluded cabin in the woods, as it were, you'll be able to, you'll, oh, we don't have cell phone access. We don't have any of these things. We don't have basic amenities. There's not anybody around to help you out. So you got to kind of fall into those traps. And what better than to do something in the 80s where you didn't have those? Or maybe if you had a cell phone like in Stranger Things, it was one that was still attached to the car yep. because it needed the gigantic nuclear briefcase in order to tote uh, to- it around. And you get about the giant antenna. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I do have other comic book news, and I'm kind of upset with myself that I did not know this sooner. Oh. Because this news came out a while ago, and the first issue of this comic came out last month. Oh, whoops. And we have the first, the second issue coming out July 31st, mm-hmm. or the end of the month. Okay. Uh, but apparently, Tim Sealing is doing, Tim Seeley, who has done Hackslash uh-huh. and done a lot of other stuff is doing a crossover with The Crow. Whoa, how did you not know about exactly. this? Exactly, my buddy Josh had to hit me to this. He's like, you oh. like both these things. What's oh, wrong with you? I'm like, I know. bad Crow fan. Well, that's the thing. I spend so much time on the internet. How did this not come up? Right. Uh, so I I know what I have to go to. I have to go to the comic book store later. <laughs> well, you got a week. <laughs> uh, but if you guys don't know what Hackslash is, it follows the adventures of Cassie Hack and her big, you know, sidekick Vlad, uh, who's kind of a weird monster thing. And she goes around and kills slashers. So... What a slasher is, is somebody who died, when, the moment they died, they died with such anger or duress oh, that they come back to life. Like and it's a not revenant. Kind of like a zombie, but they kind of, if you watch Supernatural, very similar to a lot of the, uh, the uh, episodes of Supernatural. They have like a singular purpose, right? Right. So mm-hmm. for example, spoiler if you're planning on reading it, whatever, it's not that big of a spoiler. Don't read it, yeah. Her mom was the lunch lady at her school when she was, I think, in middle school. That damn lunch lady. And the kids would pick on Cassie. Oh. So the lunch lady, start, like, she wasn't well, so she started killing these kids and cooking them in the food. Oh, wow. Jesus! And so they find out it's her, and Cassie, like the, like, the cops come in, and Cassie's in there in the cafeteria, and the mom kills herself by dunking her face in boiling hot oil. Ah! Kills herself. But then kids still end up dying. Like, what's going on? Kids are missing. Apparently her mom spirit become she becomes a slasher and starts continuous continuing it on it's like 
Scooby-Doo monsters. Yeah, but real. But real, real messed up, oh, by the so way. So she's traveling the country, going to different places, and when she hears stories of slashers uh, and goes and tries to kill them and put them at peace, basically. Just going to ask you a question, Vicky. Mm-hmm. Have you ever or ever considered doing the uh, the Cassie Hack cosplay? I've done it. Okay. I have done it, like okay. years ago. All right, because I'm I just wanna, wondering, I'm like looking it. at the images right now, oh, I'm yeah. like, this is basically Vicky with... Uh, Much well, shorter skirts. With Yeah, very <laughs> short skirts and usually some sort of blades, including axes, right. machetes. Oh, there's a baseball they bat. They have That's giant nice. omnibuses. I could let you borrow one. My buddy actually got me a signed uh, Tim Steely one. Ooh. I think my friend has the first one. Or did she finally give him back? Sorry. <laughs> I need to have a library system. Can we do the Dewey Decimal System at my house? I like, think you're going to need to do that. Uh, but yeah, so if you think about it, The Crow is very much a slasher. Oh, yeah. By definition. And so it, this is going to be very interesting to see what the story... It's a four-part story. The funny part on that also, if you think about it, like, The Crow is essentially a slasher. Yep. Like, it's just one of those... Did you just say that? Yes. Okay, then I just... Sorry, yeah. I know you were kind of... Yep, I know yeah, where you're going. I know. Yeah, but it's The Revenant, the whole bringing back yep. sort of thing coming back, it, it, it makes sense that he would be doing this. Uh, one of the other things, like, this is not the first time Cassie Hack has been in a crossover. She has been in really? so many. And if you guys really like horror, like, it was kind of hard for me to read some of these because it does get kind of horror-ish. <laughs> it, was, it was hard, but I got through it. Uh, but if you like horror and you like comics, it's she has a more complicated storyline, so it's pretty interesting to see where she goes. Uh, but she has uh, done a crossover with Army of Darkness and Evil mm, Dead. Makes sense. Uh, she's had, you know, She's done crossovers with like Evil Ernie, Child's Play, <laughs> Friday Ernie. the 13th, Dexter even. Wow. Um, I know she did one with um, Pinhead. Is that okay. His name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's he Pinhead. The, He's seen a bite. Yeah, the Hellraiser guy. Yep. So, she, and there's one where it's basically like they're in Archie World. But it's not Archie World, <laughs> and everything's just perfect. It's really funny. But they have different art. It is fantastic. Um, they, they have giant omnibuses, so you have plenty of plenty to read. Go yeah, check them out. Right. Love it. Well, until next time, guys. Stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.